TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill. And it's Prisoner George. George, we've got a big announcement to make this week, and that is that George... He's going to prison. Now, George, I am going to prison. <laughs> George, tell us about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit I'm a little was bit it, of a goody two-shoe. Was it the paleo get... police? Did the paleo police yeah. finally catch up with you? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I didn't think I broke any laws, but after being a paleo food blogger for 10 years, they finally found me after breaking all of the quote-unquote paleo laws, and <laughs> they're sending me to prison. They are. That's where I'm going. That's, that's it. All right. So, the the reality is, though, that you are actually going to prison, um, not as an inmate, uh, but as a educator. So, tell us a bit about this. Like, how did this come about, George? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So, yeah, I, um, you know, I speak a lot and I have a few of my friends that are entrepreneurs and uh, have posted a couple times about this company called The Five Ventures. And I was kind of curious what it was. And then one of the days I asked and they said, well... You know, we basically go to prisons and we help prisoners or people that are currently incarcerated uh, set themselves up to women they get out. And so what I'm doing tomorrow with myself, my wife, and then everybody on my team, we're all here together, is we're going to do um, – they have a program in a lot of the prisons in the country. Uh, and this one's called Entrepreneurs in Training uh, at Avenal State Prison. So – um, basically all these entrepreneurs and trainings the the current incarcerated prisoners, they're going to be presenting their resumes and personal statements and things that they've developed and participate like in their participation of like the CEO of their new life program, which is what they've been working on. And so it's basically an opportunity for them to plan for reentry, prepare themselves for employment and then thrive once released. And so we go as people that own businesses or worked in businesses so we can give them advice, feedback, coaching, and guidance to set them up to win when they get released from prison. Oh, that is such a cool thing. I, I just think this is amazing. I would love to be involved in a program like this because I just think that is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I, you know, one of the things you just did then, I'm not even sure if you did this consciously or subconsciously, George, is that you, you describe these people as prisoners. Um, and then as soon as you said it, you like, corrected yourself and said yep. people who are currently incarcerated. And I loved that. And I think that is such an important distinction for people to make, you know, whether they're talking about whether they're incarcerated or not, whether they're talking about their weight, whether they're talking about their, um, you know, perceived flaws in their personality or, or emotional or you know, whatever it is you're talking about, whenever you're talking about yourself is, is, you know, avoiding those labels. Was that, did you consciously do that just then or was that subconscious, George? No, I, I consciously did it and I, I try to do it as much as possible because, you know, just even since signing up to support this cause, uh, one of my friends, um, who's the one who introduced me to this, her brother is in, is incarcerated. He's in prison and he was in prison, uh, and found guilty. Uh, and I think his sentence was six years and in prison, he got attacked and he defended himself and he actually killed the other guy. And now oh. he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison because he defended himself. And, you know, I feel like I've been disconnected from this. Like, I feel like it's really easy for society to be like, these people committed crimes, they're in prison, blah, 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 they're less than I'm like, 
they made mistakes and we're supposed to be giving them the opportunity to make up for their mistakes. Like that is their punishment. They're in prison. They're serving their time for the mistakes that they made. And so I, I feel like even just becoming aware of this and involved, it kind of connected me a little bit more to like how disconnected I am to it and how I have kind of just pushed it out. But they're, they're not prisoners. They're incarcerated for a crime or a mistake or something that was made, but they're doing the work, they're doing their time and they deserve to be seen as human beings just like the rest of us. Because I know if I was to ever make a mistake and I was to go away, I would come out. I wouldn't want people to judge me or look down upon me or not talk to me especially since like I was committed to making a difference in my life or making up for it, you know, like we need to set them up to win. So I did consciously correct myself in that statement. Yeah. And I think it is, as I said, I think so important for people to understand that you did that and why you did that and to have that level of empathy for other people and also for themselves, because that's really what it is that we're talking about, isn't it? It's about empathy and understanding. And, and I think the, the understanding that comes in with, with many people who are incarcerated is that, yeah, you know, there's always a backstory. You know, there's there's always a condition, an environment that they've grown up in, a um, you know, a family that they've come from. You know, there's always a reason there, and and definitely not saying this is an excuse, but there's always a reason there in terms of you know how they've ended up being where they are. Um, and and this is where I think these sort of programs can be really important is giving people who perhaps haven't had the opportunity to develop the skills or haven't had the opportunity to develop the perspective or haven't had the opportunity to develop the mindset uh, in order to thrive uh, in our society, uh, to try and give them an opportunity to be able to thrive. Um, and, and that's really what it's all about. Like I said, it's you know there are many people who have come from very disadvantaged backgrounds who have been able to thrive. And there are many people who've come from you know all different walks of life who have and have not been able to thrive. Um, but, but it's about giving people the opportunity and I think creating an environment where people have got the best chance to be able to do that. Is, is that kind of, I guess, the approach you're coming into this with, George? For sure. For sure. Yeah, that is that is the exact reason. And also, you know, it gives me the ability to practice it externally so I can practice it internally as well. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And like I've, I've, I've had it interesting experiences in my life. I've had some setbacks. You know, I was bulimic for a long time. I gained and lost 100 pounds. I've struggled with a lot of things. And I still, to this day, struggle with fault, blame, guilt, and shame, you know, punishing myself, looking down upon myself, and being meaner to myself than anybody else could ever be to me. And when I can focus externally on empathizing with somebody else or being compassionate or putting myself in their shoes, it kind of, by default, forces me into a place to do it to myself as well so I can better relate to them. And, you know, it, there's no veils or curtains here. Like, it's not perfect. It's it's something I work on all the time. I still go to therapy. I still talk to people. I still work on my marriage. I work on my friendships. I work on my parenting. I think the most important part, though, is that it's seen as it's a continual thing. It's something that improves every single day. There is no destination. It's like, how in this moment can I be the best version of myself? How can I love myself? How can I love other people? How can I support them? And how can I find the positive in every situation? And it's something I heard my wife say the other day is that like her whole goal in life is to basically do whatever she can to make everybody else feel amazing or or have them have the best results or to see the best in them. And that's something that I am consciously practicing more often than I ever did before and I want to continue to improve upon and I just think it's an awesome place to come from. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right and it, it is such an important uh, perspective to have um, and 
as he said, it, it is the most selfish thing you could ever do, you know, <laughs> because because <laughs> the person who benefits more than anyone else is actually yourself, you know, from from just having that perspective uh, and from you know from from taking that as he said that that empathy that you're then giving out to other people is turning around and, and turning that inwards on yourself, and I I guess that's what I was sort of trying to get at earlier when I was talking about you know people who perhaps have issues with their weight or have issues with you know whatever their their money their whatever's going on in their life that. That that degree of empathy and understanding that we we give to other people is is about giving that to ourselves as well. So, um, you know, what do you think are the uh, I guess particular skills um, or uh, I mean I don't know for whether it's skills or whether it's experiences or whether it's perspectives um, that you really want to share with these um, people who are currently incarcerated uh, in order to to help them. To grow and expand. I mean, do you have a bit of an insight of to sort of what you're going to share and, and why you think that's so important? Yeah, you know what's funny is I've been trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to share, and this has been a, kind of a, a weird feeling for me. There's so many rules for us to go in, like what colors we can wear, what mm-hmm. we can say, what we can't say, um, and and there's a lot. I mean, the, the the amount of information is insane. The the dress code, what we're allowed to bring. Um, the rules of the prison, you know, all of that stuff, even down to the point of like, you know, when somebody asks a question of like, oh, well, do you think that, you know, I can get a job? You know, sometime it might be like, yeah, I totally think you get a job. Like I would hire you. Like we're not allowed to say that. And so there's a lot of things there that have actually been really, really um, interesting for me because I'm like, wow, I'm like, I would have probably said something like that. So, (laughs) you know, my big, my biggest goal for uh, the trip, is to ensure that I'm just connected and I hear them. And, you know, given the situation, given the parameters, what's there, that I give the best, you know, unbiased in the moment advice possible to set them up to win. And, you know, what, what was brief to me is that, you know, they're going to have resumes and there's, they're going to have their personal goal statement and they're going to have all of these different things that they've prepared. But the most important thing is that they're acknowledged for these steps that are taken because they find one thing and they hold on to that one thing until release date because it's what gives them the drive and the passion and the motivation to keep making good choices and not fall into the bad behaviors of the prison or fall into the things that would stop them from being released. And so I'm going to ensure that like I get really connected to anybody I meet, anybody I talk to, to their vision and what that one thing is for them and further solidify it and cement it and encourage them to do that through whatever manner possible and whatever questions they're asking me. Yeah, because cause it would be, I mean, it would be such a hard thing. I mean, you often hear this quote that, you know, you are the sum of the five people you hang around most or the 10 people you <laughs> hang around most, you know. Uh, and so, you know, you can, it's, it's easy to, when you think about it in that way, it's easy to imagine just how hard it would be to be in that environment and, you know, just not in any way suggesting that everyone in that environment is, you know, a bad egg or a bad seed, but, but you know, that there's a higher proportion of people in that kind of environment, I would imagine, uh, who yeah. aren't necessarily wanting to uh, thrive and survive and live a happy, healthy life, you know. So, so being in that environment um, and trying to turn it around and trying to thrive, uh, I mean, you know, we spoke on the last podcast and I said that I have trouble, you know, not eating breakfast when my partner's eating breakfast, you know, like, <laughs> like, like that's how easily I am influenced by other people around me. Um, to be trying to make, you know, substantial lifestyle changes whilst in the midst of what would be a pretty, um, you know, challenging, stressful, uh, sometimes violent environment, um, it, it would just be so incredible. It's hard to imagine how difficult that would be. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm nervous for to I'm nervous to go, and not because I'm worried about being in the prison or any oh, of I was that stuff. Ask about that. Are, are you scared? No, I'm not scared. I'm nervous because I feel like I have no context for what it's actually like to be in there, and. You know, we look at it externally and I see it. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to give them advice. We're going to do all this stuff. But I have no idea what the struggles are like, what the mindset required is, what the daily stress is. And I'm just nervous about like how overwhelming all of that emotion is going to be because I really don't know what that's like. And, mm. you know, I'm not scared of a prisoner or anything happening in the prison. Like they've been doing this for a long time and like all these guys want to get out. And, you know, I know that they're amazing human beings, but like, I don't know what it's like to wear those shoes and to walk those steps and to be in a cell with another dude that might want to kill me or that if I look the wrong way or say the wrong thing or stand in the wrong direction or bump into the wrong person that I might die. Like, I can't even imagine the the level of stress and almost like, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before, but like that sympathetic state, like how oh, yeah. to constantly 24-7 be on guard on edge, like, I don't understand that. So I'm nervous just because I don't even know what that feels like. And I'm like, am I going to be able to empathize with that? And I'm like, is that going to trigger my PTSD? And I'm like, all these things. I'm like, but you know what? Like, regardless of what comes up, regardless of like what the experience is, like the most important thing is is that I stay connected. I feel my feelings. And then I, I stay enrolled in the vision of what this entire thing is to support other people. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm self-admittedly nervous. I've never been in a prison. I've never had an experience like this. Like I've met plenty of people that were in prison. I've met people that, you know, were felons and all this stuff and they're amazing human beings, but I've never actually stepped foot inside of a, you know, a, a moderate, I think it's a medium security prison. Um, and I just, I, I don't know what to expect. So it's just, you know, it's the unknown, it's the nerves and, you know, that's why I'm, I actually really enjoy that we're talking about it because I go tomorrow and it's yeah. giving me the space to like acknowledge these feelings and be like, you know what, this is like anything else in life. Like there's always going to be resistance or fear or the unknown. And if you get really clear in your goals and you get really committed to what you're doing, then you can ground yourself in that so you can keep going towards that goal or towards that vision regardless of what it feels like. Yeah, and, and I guess I'm kind of conscious of the fact that this uh, this chat we're having uh, on that paleo show uh, is kind of nothing about paleo, uh, but but at the same time, I, I feel like the lessons we're talking about in terms of um, you know being able to work through challenges, in terms of life lessons, in terms of perspectives, in terms of empathy, you know, I, I think all of these things are things that can apply to every single aspect of your health and every single aspect of your wellness journey. And so, I, I do feel like it's a very valuable conversation and still very, very relevant to this show. So, um, you know, I guess the, the question I've got for you then, George, is uh, what are your hopes for this experience? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, what are your hopes in terms of how you can impact the experience of these people who are currently incarcerated um, within the prison, you know, within the time that they are incarcerated? Uh, in terms of how it will affect them there, uh, but also your hopes in terms of how it might affect them um, when they come out the other side and, and sort of come back into society as well. Yeah, that's an amazing question. And also, I just want to note, like, I, I love that you brought up the present, like this quote unquote, is the paleo show and it's not about paleo. And, you know, the way I see it is like paleo, quote unquote, is a way that some people eat. But it's not our whole thing. In the parameters of what we eat, we still have life and stress and school and marriage and relationships. And this is all the stuff that really, really happens. And when you live a very 
committed lifestyle to, let's say, paleo or vegan or vegetarian or whatever it is that you do and you have those ducks in a row, it gives you the energy, the capacity, and the tools to, to have an effective life elsewhere as well. And this is the elsewhere. This is where you put all of that amazing stuff that you're doing with that amazing healthy body you have and the longevity you have and the energy you have to do something with it in your marriage, your friendship, your business, and giving back. And so I think it's extremely relevant and I love that you acknowledge that too. So I just wanted to thank you for yeah. that. Well, you know, my perspective on that is that, that paleo for me is about creating an environment for a human body to thrive. You know, like yeah. that's that's the way I think about paleo and even beyond that actually because I tell you what, we did an interview the other day with a guy, with an indigenous Australian man uh, who has a company called Wayapa uh, and they were talking about um, you know, th- their indigenous philosophy around health and, and their philosophy was even bigger than that. You know, it was about the planet. It was about the environment. He was talking about what he called generational wellness and he said, you know, it's, it's one thing to get yourself healthy and well, but it's another thing to get the planet healthy and well so that the future generations and your ancestors are healthy and well. And I was just like, whoa, like that's, but, but, you know, to me, that's paleo. Like paleo is about creating an environment where human beings can thrive. And, and so that's why I think this is absolutely spot on and so totally relevant. Yeah, way to make me feel small. Like, yeah, I'm trying to lose like 30 pounds. Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to make sure that the next three generations are healthy. Oh. But they're the same thing. That's the coolest thing. I know. I know. I know. It's just, it's really good perspective, too. And I love that. I love when people are committed to that. So, yeah. So, you know, what my hopes are for tomorrow is that I am able to provide insight, guidance, inspiration, connection, or anything that gives any of these people that I meet the opportunity to thrive. And I, I feel like where my come from is, is that I've had some things happen in my life that, you know, I used to run from and not talk about and would hide from, from being, you know, sexually abused or struggling with PTSD or, you know, being bulimic and all of these things that were there that I, I was like ashamed of. And now I'm very open about them and I talk about them and I feel like that's been a massive tool for my success in life in general, even though it's still a journey and I still struggle and I still have all these things that that like unapologetic authenticity is what really creates the space for me to move forward. And if there's anything um, tomorrow and when they get out, it's that, you know, they should be proud of who they are. They should be proud of the fact that they're committed to changing their life, that they're committed to thriving and changing the course of the actions in which they took before and correcting them and that it's okay to be who they are. It's okay to own their story and it's okay to own their truth. And when they do that, like just like when I do that, it's what creates the best amount of possibility, the best uptick, the most fulfilling, driving kind of fuel that you could have to live a life that you love. And that would be my my intention for tomorrow is that I help them see and I give them permission to be okay with who they are and to own their story and own their truth so they can thrive in their life, change the record that's been playing for them and create a different result and then use their story to inspire and empower other people. Oh, I love that so much, Josh. You know what I love about that is that you know, I think what we're talking about here, and once again, I think this resonates with so many people on so many different levels, is what we're talking about is it's really not about the skills. It's really not about the tactics. It's really not about the techniques. You know, what what we're actually talking about here is fundamentally, do you like yourself? You know, like, do you you like yourself enough 
to look after yourself and to do what's right by you. Um, and, and really, unless you can answer yes to that, then any of the skills and the techniques and the strategies that you can give them aren't going to be worth a damn. You know, they're, they're not going to really fundamentally make a difference to these people's lives until they, they're able to actually like themselves and even better love themselves. And, and I think this is where we can often get uh, unstuck, you know, for people when we want to try and change, when we want to try and go on a health journey is that we, we lack sometimes a degree of honesty about that. You know, we, we think that in order to be uh, a good person, in order to be healthy, in order to be a functioning member of society, we need to not be who we are. We need to be someone else. We need to fundamentally change some truths about ourselves. When the reality of it is that none of us are perfect. There is not a single, you know, being imperfect is being a functioning member of society. Um, and that the more we can sort of own that and be honest with ourselves and the more we can remove these incongruencies that we see between who we are and who we think we should be, um, then the, the more we can actually be honest with ourselves and, and make honest changes to start moving in the right direction. It's like we need to know who we are before we can decide where we want to go. Oh, for sure. I said, you know, it's funny is I think we've talked about this before, but I, you know, in Civilized Caveman, I taught this for a while and I looked at all the things that I've experienced in my life and like what was underneath them all, like what it was in me or actions I took or choices I made that helped me create a different result. And, you know, it's funny is I, I basically put them on five A's and you just nailed one of them. And A number one was awareness. And awareness means like, okay, I'm aware that like this is who I am or how I'm acting. And awareness is what gives you the capacity to choose something different. So once you're aware of it, then A number two is accept it. And accept it mm. doesn't mean I'm okay with this. It means I accept that this is where I am so I have a starting line so I can move in a different direction and create a different result, which leads to A number three, which is action. Once you're aware of a problem or a situation or a feeling or an experience, then you accept it and you're like, hey, I understand that when I accept this, I put a pin in the map and now I know my starting line. Now I move to A number three, which is action, and I'm going to take an action to create a different result. I'm going to move from that pin towards the direction I want to go towards the new goal, towards the new feeling, towards the new whatever you are doing. And that leads to A number four, which is accountability. As soon as you take that action, you tell somebody, hey, Brett, like I realized the fact that I am bulimic and I've been struggling with bulimia for 15 years and I've never told anybody. But right now I'm telling you and I'm committed to curing or overcoming my bulimia. And in the moment, that starts with the fact that I want to open the refrigerator and binge eat. So instead, I am going to drink a gallon of water and I'm going to go for a walk for the next two hours and I'm letting you know so I can be accountable to you and I'm accountable to myself. And then A number five is attitude of gratitude. When that action is complete, you give me feedback like, hey, that was great. That's positive momentum. Keep going. I'm like, you know what? I'm amazing. Like I chose something different. I just showed that I had the power to create a different result and that means that I have the power to do it again tomorrow and the next day, and the next day. So those stuff that I created in that order, and it's specifically around what you talked about. Yeah, I love it, mate. And George, you are amazing. Oh, it's amazing, George. <laughs> so just so you know, you're absolutely amazing. We love you. We love you on that Paleo show. And so uh, keep doing what you're doing, and it is amazing what you're doing. So 
I'd love to know more about this program that we that we're taking into the prisons because um, you know when they sort of spoke to you about coming on board for this project, were they able to share with you any sort of uh, statistics or results they've gotten from doing this in the prison? Like, has has this been making a meaningful uh, difference in terms of, I guess, you know, prisoners' lives, like in terms of their their rates of returning to prison, in terms of their rates of employment after prison, you know, all those sort of things? Were they able to share with you any statistics around? What what degree of change this is able to make? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the organization that uh, we are doing this with um, that I was introduced to is called Defy Ventures, and um, they're they're pretty amazing. And like I said, I had not heard of them before, but they do a lot. And what I actually found out today is that they do this in the program, like in the prisons. It's called Entrepreneurs in Training, and then they do like the CEO of your new life. But then also, once you are out of prison, they have a one-year integration program. And so when you leave, they continue to mentor you and coach you and support you. And then they bring us back as speakers again to keep guiding you. And then you actually graduate, like quote-unquote graduate from this. And they help you. They give you resources. They give you job placements. They bring recruiters and They do all of these things that make a massive, massive difference. And I... I don't know, like I, I very self-admittedly don't volunteer as much as I, I, I feel like I should. And, and this is probably the first thing I've done in a couple of years that like is really giving me a lot of joy and happiness that I'm focusing externally. And if one person's life changes because of this, like it's worth it to me. And they have shared numbers, they've shared, um, you know, the likelihood of somebody going back to prison, which was insane to me. I don't remember specifically what it was, but they're big on social media. Um, but they basically, they operate in Colorado, Northern California, Southern California, Nebraska, and then the tri-state area, which is on the East coast. And I know they're constantly working on expansion, but they just do such amazing things. And, and I know that number one, it wouldn't be continuing to run if it wasn't making a difference. So mm. that's a pretty good one. But actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this because this is actually what shocked me the most. So I have this document in front of me that they sent me. It's nine pages long and they are all the rules for me and everybody to go into um, the prison tomorrow and to do all of this with everybody. It covers like the FAQs, like what we can do, what we can't do, what we can say, what we can't say. Um, when they told us about the, the defy CEO of your new life. So the CEO of your new life program, and this is the program they do inside and inside the program in the prison, they have a hundred interactive DVD courses. They have peer group meetings on a daily basis and group discussions led by trained facilitators. They have written quizzes, journals, projects that are submitted to show mastery of the content taught. They have individualized coaching from business professionals. They have leadership, teamwork, and personal development training inside of the prison. They have family strengthening services, graduation ceremonies, all happen within the prison. And then they basically get the deliverables of entrepreneurship pieces from ideation workshops to you know, business concept summary. They get employment readiness pieces. They get personal growth pieces and reentry pieces. And then... In order to graduate the CEO of your new life within prison, they have to pass a final exam, which gives them a certificate of completion. And then once once released, they can continue training with Defy through their post-release program. So like they literally 
are fully invested in these people and it's having a massive, massive impact. And I, it just makes me happy to be a part of it. But, but what shocked me the most is on this document, they sent me uh, a ton of references, books and audio books about, you know, being incarcerated and writing my wrongs and all these things, films, documentaries, and videos. But one struck me the most. They listed four podcasts and there's one podcast called ear hustle and it's produced by two individuals currently incarcerated hmm. at San Quentin State Prison and they literally record and edit the podcast from within the prison and they share their stories they share what it's like and what they're committed to creating when they get out and they document all of this in a live podcast called Ear Hustle and I wow. think that that is absolutely amazing I've listened to three episodes and Holy moly, has it changed my perspective. And I just think it's absolutely awesome. It's called Ear Hustle. Um, I think they're in like their second season. And I think the website is um, earhustlesq.com. And you can just Google Ear Hustle um, podcast or go to earhustlesq.com. But I just think it's absolutely phenomenal. And it's a way to get really connected and enrolled and and understand what's happening in and the mindset of somebody that's in prison and what they're doing and why they're doing it. So I just think that all that's amazing. So I wanted to share that. That's that's super cool. And you know, what? it's kind of the perfect segue into my next question. And it might be the last question because we're almost out of time. Uh, and this is kind of a loaded question, but I want to ask it because I know that there will be people listening to this podcast who want to ask this question and are thinking this question. Um, and, and particularly, I guess, because I know that there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast because podcasts are free, you know, and so for a lot of people who are struggling and who are finding they don't, you know, they're having trouble finding resources to help themselves get their life back on track, that they'll choose to listen to a podcast because it's something they can do that's free. But I know that some people will be listening to this thinking, well, this is great, but, you know, these are people who have committed a crime, you know, they've done a crime against society, they've been put in prison as a result of that you know, why are we spending so much time, effort, energy, money um, trying to give all of these incredible services to prisoners uh, when perhaps there are people out there who haven't committed a crime who aren't getting as well supported? Um, so, uh, as I said, I, I want to ask this question not because this is a que- not because this is where I'm coming from or what I feel, but because I want to hear your answer. Um, so, how would you answer that, George? Yeah. I think the first part is understanding that people are people. Like that's the first part of my answer to everything. And the fact that somebody is in prison doesn't change anything because I can name a hundred people off the top of my head that have committed crimes that have never been incarcerated just because they never got caught. Hmm. And so I think it's really, really important to not try to segment it or compartmentalize it, but to look at it. I've committed crimes in my life and I don't remember doing them, but like it's technically a crime to drive on my cell phone. Totally. I think about the amount of people that have two drinks and drive behind the wheel. Totally. Like all of these things happen on a daily basis and it's easy to get disconnected from them when it's not us. But the truth is, is that if it was our mother or our father or our brother or our sister or our child in prison, we would have a completely different viewpoint on the entire situation. Because that is what forgiveness is. That is what being a human being is. And I'm not saying that every crime is forgivable, that, that, that things are okay, but it's how we choose to see the situation that changes how other people show up and changes the results and the way in which this world operates. And that's my opinion on that one. And yes, I agree that there are other people in this world that are homeless and that don't have food. And trust me, 
we work on those too. And, you know, Defy is a nonprofit. It raises money, um, you know, privately and it's all donation based, just like our, a lot of other ones, but we can't compare like this versus that. It's not a tit for tat thing. It's a, we are all committed to making humanity and this earth a better place. And if this is the vessel that lands for you, if this is the organization that makes you feel good and this is where you want to go, then go. And if it's not support the people that are supporting it and go support the mission that aligns with your heart and your values and your practices. But the most important thing is that we can't, we can't, we cannot, and I'm going to say this, we cannot, we cannot judge one and then allow the other to happen. You have to be neutral and you have to see the best and the possibility in every single situation. And so that's a very, probably not specific, but that's how I feel when you ask me that question. <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely spot on. And, and the, the answer ultimately is, well, why can't we do both? Um, and and the, probably the question... That's a better answer. The, the question I would follow up with is, well, if you're con- these people you're concerned about, what are you currently doing to help them? You know, I mean, that, that would be my perspective around this. It's, it's not about let's help these people or those people. It's like, well, let's help all of them. Let, let's see what we can do and, and take positive action. And just because people are taking positive action in one space doesn't mean that we can't take positive action in another space. You know, we, we don't need to pull everyone down to the lowest common denominator. We need to, you know, have the tide rising all the boats, I think. Yes, I love that. Like, don't pull everybody down to the lowest common denominator, rise all tides. Like, and in the same sense, you know, there are people, there's people that I've told about this in the last couple weeks. Like, why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. But the energy that you used to ask me that damn question could make you go do something different with it and make a difference. (laughs) Like that two minutes could actually have changed somebody's life by just simply being like, hey, how can I help you? How can I support you? I care about you. Tell me how I can support you. And so we just need to constantly stay focused, just like you said on you know rising all tides and not getting down to the lowest common denominator and by the way i did find their metrics um on their website um they have an 85 percent uh retention rate post release which means 85 percent of the people that completed in prison stay in the program for that year after and then they have uh there have been out of that um the the one statistic i'm looking at this is march of 2018 um is founded just from that year's metrics for the people that went in. So there were uh, 1,168 amazing human beings who went into the program. And of those, almost 140 of them founded their own businesses on release. That's so cool. That, that's actually phenomenal. Like 10%. Have actually yes. not just got a job, but have actually started their own company. Um, I don't even think one percent of my high school graduating class has their own company. Never mind a job. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. like that's that's amazing. That's that. absolutely amazing. I love that. That that is making a difference. That is making a change, uh, and uh, that's fantastic. Well done, jo- well done for going in and doing this, George. I'm I'm applauding you uh, <laughs> for for having the uh, having the guts to go in and do this. And I know you'll do an amazing job. And, and maybe on another show we can talk about your experience because I'm sure it will be absolutely oh, life changing. It'll come up because I'm I'm sure tomorrow is going to be absolutely amazing and uh, lots of emotions and I'm excited and I'm excited to do it with my team and by team I mean like my best teammate ever which is my wife and yeah. you know it's it's amazing to me and I'm just glad that you know I have an opportunity on this planet to do something that will make a difference in other people's lives and I'm humbled and I'm excited to make it about them and not me. Love it, love it. And on that topic, we'll have to get your wife on the show at some stage. That'd be great. 
I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm looking at it right now. I don't know if she's gonna nod, but she will be on the show at some point. She is the C- <laughs> she is the official CEO of Civilized Caveman, so nice. she's the one that makes the magic happen. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on with us, George. And and once again, well done and congratulations for what you are about to achieve tomorrow. And uh, for everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com. And let's help grow the Paleo tribe worldwide. I'm also going to just add into this, just to add lib on our little conclusion here. We are currently looking for a new addition to our That Paleo Show team. And so if that's something that you think you might be interested in, head to the That Paleo Show Facebook page where we have got a description of what we're looking for. And if that is you, wherever you are in the world, because it's an online community now, get in touch with us and let us know. Um, But for everyone else, join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.